Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Take the Hill, which is a leadership podcast designed to connect you with influential leaders, giving you great leadership within their respective fields. And we are excited today, uh, not only to be back together, but have Amanda Schwartz uh, with us today to talk about some of the exciting things that she's doing through her COVID-19 course uh, and other areas that she is involved with within her field. So, Amanda, it's really awesome to have you here today. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So again, Dennis, Angela, welcome to the show. Good to have you guys back. All right. So Dennis, I'm going to let you uh, kick things off and introduce Amanda a little bit and get things rolling here. Yes. Well, again, welcome, Amanda. Um, Amanda is uh, the Director of Operations for Checklist Facility Maintenance. Checklist provides their services to commercial office buildings in the Pennsylvania region. Amanda is an industry professional in proven operations management and project coordination and property management acumen. And uh, she also strives to excel clients' expectations, one genuine, genuine interaction at a time. So Amanda, could you please just share with us a little bit uh, more about your background and, and again, what led you to create the COVID-19 course? Yeah, so my background primarily started off um, a little bit surprisingly in the medical field. Um, decided it was not for me, um, went into property management and kind of fell in love with the facilities sides of things. Um, from there, I was introduced to Corey, the owner of Checklist, uh, got on board with him and have been there for about six, seven years now um, and have held the director of operations role within the company. Um, so I am kind of the Swiss army knife of the company, whether it's uh, dealing with the employees, trying to keep them safe, um, watching over everybody and, and really making sure that the operations and logistics come together each day and each night. So with that being said, we're trying to keep everyone safe and, and the safety sides of things with COVID coming about. I really did a lot of research because the media only provides so much. Um, you have businesses and a lot of our tenants and office buildings were expected to shut down. Nobody was allowed in and it was really uncertain with our cleaners going in and spending a lot of time in those spaces and being exposed to that risk. Um, so I stumbled upon a course through John Hopkins University um, and I took that course did a lot of research and studying became certified in their contact tracing. Um, and with that, I still didn't feel, even though the course was great and knowledgeable, I wanted to kind of fill the gap of what businesses can do to bring people back and not just the health sides of things, which is kind of really is all that's out there, the statistics about um, the health sides of things. So I took that information from what I learned in the course, um, everything that's obviously out there to everyone online and in the media, and combine that with my own knowledge and facilities, um, the knowledge of the buildings and tenants and the way that things operate um, with different vendors and put that together so businesses are able to come up with a plan to reopen, reopen safely, follow OSHA guidelines, be able to pass audits, and keep their staff and families at home safe from everything. That's interesting. And, and we'll jump into more of the course here in a moment. But I'm always 
interested in learning a little bit more about individuals' backgrounds because you know that collective experience, like you said, you know, being in the medical field and then kind of going into operations, you know, there's always transition of skill sets, right? Yeah. So what what did you pull that you learned maybe in the medical field that really prepared you for this next journey for you? Um, I'd I'd have to say the compassionate sides of things. Um, the knowledge didn't much per se yeah. transition into facilities and operations, but um, the compassion sides of things really, really transferred. Yeah. And that's awesome to hear because again, like you had said, I think regardless of industry, you, know, you, you notice people that are compassionate, have empathy, or they're really authentic, right? And like you said, I think the medical field kind of does draw that out of you, right? There's certain yeah. types of folks that are attracted to those fields. So in terms of the course itself, why, tell us a little bit more of why this course is really beneficial uh, to the participants who do take it. Sure. Um, so it's with businesses reopening and the different guidelines that the state and county may uphold for, for different regions, um, a lot of people, and it, it's sad to say, but you don't want to kind of just go in there and, and throw some hand sanitizer stations up and think that that's okay, you're gonna keep your staff safe, you're gonna pass your audits, you're gonna be able to remain open. Um, you wanna make sure that everything is streamlined. If you're in an office building, you wanna make sure you have certain partitions um, and screens. You wanna make sure that your operations manager has a, a, a space set aside. So if someone does have symptoms or anything, um, you wanna know how to look out for those symptoms and kind of separate them for other things. Um, so there's different parts of the course that really explain um, the force, The first portion goes into the history and kind of looking out for the signs and symptoms. Um, so kind of just like the basic knowledge of stuff. And then the last portion goes into exactly what you need to do to build a plan. Um, it goes into giving certain allotment for time off, um, working from home, how to navigate those obstacles that come with working from home, um, and really just collectively how to keep everyone as safe as possible in the working environment. Yeah, so it sounds like it's a really comprehensive course. Um, yes. <laughs> not only on the strategic side, but then how to operationalize some of those elements that you've now planned for. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, so if you're, you know, say an entrepreneur and you kind of have a small business, you know, are there things that you can do that might be cost effective? Like if you can't go out and say, purchase all the top of the line items or whatever it is that maybe a larger organization can do, you know, what are some tips that you might give to the smaller businesses uh, trying to also ensure that, they're meeting the standards? So there's definitely a lot of cost effective things. And we actually go into that course, kind of the higher end things that you can do. I mean, there's crazy things like PPE vending machines. Okay. There's a lot of stuff. Um, but then there's also the more cost effective sides of things, um, just building smaller stations. So whenever people um, or your guests or tenants come into the building, there's already a pre-set aside station with masks, hand sanitizer and everything. If they're not prepared, it's just there in a little small basket or something, something for them to grab. Um, there's also cost alternative versions to the different partitions and screens. Um, there's different materials that you can actually purchase just from Ikea and make things on your own that are comparable enough to pass audits, not transfer any germs or bacteria, and again, keep everyone as safe as possible. 
Awesome. So as you, as you think about, like you said, that range of participants, you know, like I said, you have the high end all the way down to the low end. What, what are you finding either through feedback in your course or just being in the industry? You know, what are some of the biggest misconceptions right now related to kind of creating that safe environment that you're finding employers may or may not be doing? Um, believe it or not that, I mean, I think the biggest thing that has kind of been instilled in everybody is the social distancing and the, the six feet. Um, being in the facilities industry, I see a lot of buildings, office buildings. Um, even throughout the pandemic, I had to participate on walkthroughs and such. Um, a lot of people really have to take in consideration the layout of things um, to make sure that you are bridging the gap there and staying the six feet. Um, so that is a lot of, I am seeing a lot of that. Um, not really taking the layouts into consideration, um, not closing down coffee stations or community areas, lunchrooms, things like that. Um, so that's something that we dive into in the course as well of, of areas that you should kind of restrict and keep off limits because you don't really think about it. It's, it's an everyday maybe community area and you don't really think that if I share a coffee station with Sally or John, that anything could happen. But um, so it, it kind of dives into that as well. I mean, I had a question. Um, as far as, as educators, um, we kind of, the delivery of the course, I wasn't sure how the, what is the delivery of the course? How do you deliver the course? Is it asynchronous or synchronous? Um, so the course is actually, um, I built it all through a platform so that it's self-guided um, with everyone working from home and trying to balance their lives and, and children and everything. I wanted to make sure it wasn't, you have to report here at this time and everything. So it's completely self-guided. So you could take it at your own speed. Um, and then it, I think the total course is about, it's, it's on the shorter end, so it would take about maybe six to eight hours, depending on your speed, going through everything uh, collectively. But once you finish, you receive a certificate um, showing that you're knowledgeable in the history of COVID, how to set up the plans, follow OSHA guidelines, and everything set forth in the course. So, and I guess this may be off track. I think you kind of already maybe answered this, but <clears throat> has anybody like uh, contacted you with some challenges that maybe uh, they've experienced that, uh, that, I don't know, that you're trying to, um, again, something you maybe didn't cover in the course. Is there like some challenges you're finding out that people are faced with uh, beyond the course? Um, beyond the course, um, it, in the facilities industry, being contacted I'd say probably for supply chain, um, for building managers, property managers, operations managers, office managers, um, trying to secure enough supplies for their locations, whether that's, um, I know that the toilet paper fad kind of died down, so that's, that was in the beginning, um, but trying to secure masks and uh, hand sanitizer and things that they need to provide their employees a safe. A safe place. So supply chain, I've definitely been contacted a lot for that, trying to secure things for everybody. So do you think um, now that this has been kind of up and running for a little bit, do you plan on developing uh, like another course, like a comparison, comparable course uh, that kind of extends the knowledge or maybe even jumps into you know, a particular segment that you touched on, but maybe you want to go a little bit deeper, perhaps? 
I do. So this, uh, this course is more delegated towards the workforce. Um, I would love to do one with how you said getting back to school and everything where um, maybe teachers or professors can show it to their students and how to keep safe in a student or campus atmosphere. Um, little things that you can do as a student of a facility to keep your friends and staff safe as well. So you know, one of the challenges that I think organizations have, I mean, if you think about organizations, I mean, they're a system or a group or community of human beings, right? And human beings like social interaction. I mean, we, we like going to the office because it's that Monday morning, we can go around the water cooler or the coffee and, and just debrief, right? So from your perspective, you know, how, how can employers approach maintaining safety but yet still be able to provide some of the humanistic elements of organizations in the future um, so that you still sort of have that, that resemblance of a connected culture in our companies? Um, I, I've seen a lot of the Zoom parties. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that that is fantastic, um, where everyone kind of just logs on on a, a late Friday evening, um, even Saturday, and everyone has their their little party from home. Um, I think that that's great. It's you bring in the social distancing with that, um, but there's still a face that you see, and not just an email and text on the other end. Um, so I think that that's very personable and, and a great idea to do. Um, whenever people start to come back into the office, um, bringing outdoor activities into play. Not only is it healthy, but um, you can keep a safe distance from everyone and not have everyone kind of jumbled in, in one area. So I think that's great as well. So what type, um, you know, if, if employers you know, or employees want to take your course, you know, what other additional resources might you recommend that they should definitely check out? You know, maybe even beyond, I think everybody's probably has looked maybe at the CDC website or OSHA, but like, has there been any really good resources in the field that you have found uh, that has either helped educate yourself or that you would recommend others to, to check out? Um, is in terms of the workforce bringing it together, I mean, there's always, like you said, the CDC and OSHA website that kind of has the main bullet points of everything. Um, the John Hopkins course that I took was a great resource um, that really, it, it makes you very knowledgeable on the, on the history, um, contact tracing, diagnosing, and the health sides of things. Um, but as term, in terms of bringing people back to work, that's, that's why I created the course, because I, I couldn't find anything that was really um, bridging, bridging the gap there and telling everyone, this is what you need to do. You need to install these certain fixtures in your office building. Um, you need to provide this for your employee. It is your responsibility to create a, a safe work environment for them. Um, so that's kind of rounding back to the, the basis of why it's created. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of times, as you said, it's because of that lack of information, right? I mean, yeah. there just isn't a good source. And I think, you know, as you said, the, the resource you created in the course is, is definitely fulfilling that need. Um, like I said, and it's the more people take it, I think you said the better prepared they're going to be. So with that being said, can you tell us, oh, go ahead, Dennis, you have a question? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I just, I, Amanda's like um, provided so many uh, avenues for the employees, employers to look at. But, and I know you don't have, maybe don't have all the answers, but the, I'm kind of intrigued with one thing that you said. And, um, you know, many businesses had to be very innovative to bring people back to work and to uh, in, increase their space and so forth. So they went to the outdoor space. 
uh, many of them. Um, but with the weather changing and winter coming upon us, do you have any recommendations or innovative ideas for maybe the people like community or businesses in the Pittsburgh area, which are probably going to be impacted most by it? Um, do you have any recommendations for them? Sure. Um, so a lot of offices can kind of take and still keep that personal avenue by having bi-week and different schedules for the employees to come in. So you're not having everyone congregated in the same area, but you're still having that same face-to-face -face interaction with everyone. Um, so maybe depending on how large your office is, whether that's two groups, four groups, um, and having bi-weekly sessions. So group A may come in on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, group B, Tuesday, Thursday, that way you're still meeting with who you need to, having that face-to-face -face interaction, still coming into the office, but you're not creating an environment that's unsafe for everybody. So Amanda, could you provide some additional details related to the course itself? So, you know, we talked about, you know, the, the amount of time to move through, but in terms of, you know, the course costs, you know, are there any group discounts if you have a larger employer that might want to come in, you know, and, and move all their employees through? Uh, just some additional details about the course uh, for our audience. Yeah. So the course is currently $40 for a student or employer, anyone to take. Um, there are group discounts. Um, I've had a few offices reach out that is, they've had their entire management team take it collectively. Um, so there definitely are group discounts for that. Um, so anyone can reach out to me via email for that um, because it kind of depends on how many computers and iPads and everything you're going to be taking it on. Um, but the individual pricing is that for now. Awesome. And then can they, as you said, reach out to you or is there a website available or what's the easiest way to, to find out more information? Um, so I can, I can send the website so it can, however <laughs> you need to be, um, it's intro to COVID.com. Um, okay. But uh, I'm not on, I don't have anything on social media or anything yet. Um, just my own LinkedIn platform where I've been sharing a lot, um, just because I do have that open network of facility managers and everything on there. Um, but that's, it's pretty much just delegated to that, that space right now. And how can individuals, as you said, continue to follow your work, both this course and maybe potential future courses? How can we stay connected uh, with you? so we don't miss out on any exciting opportunities. <laughs> um, definitely my, my LinkedIn platform. Um, I, I am a, uh, a LinkedIn nerd. <laughs> um, and then also the, the homepage for the course, um, whenever new courses populate, once you sign up for that or you just get registered um, with the platform account, you will be notified via email with any updates, changes, um, that's also where you're, you'll receive your certificate and everything else. So um, everything's kind of put together on that platform. And we will definitely, as we do with all of our guests, like I said, make sure that we have any links, resources, uh, definitely link to the, the pages you referenced in our show notes, uh, as well as social media. So we'll certainly help you guys push some, push some participants towards you uh, if at all possible. So any final thoughts that you would like to share with our audience? Uh, Amanda, before we kind of close things up for the show today. Um, I mean, I, I just encourage everyone to stay as safe as possible. Um, even if the course really isn't right for you, um, there's there's definitely other other resources out there like the John Hopkins 
course, um, anything that you can find through the CDC and OSHA is always uh, top-notch information, obviously. Um, but I just want everyone to, to stay safe as, as possible. Awesome. Well, thank you. Dennis and Angelo, final thoughts? Uh, just I, I want to thank you, and uh, I really appreciate what you do. You're helping a, a large community of individuals uh, during a very uh, crazy time. So thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Angelo, we're going to make you talk today. I, this is like my debut then of talking on this show, I feel. Uh, I, I think that any additional resources that we can provide in, in these uncertain times and um, any guidance I, I, from talking to students to talking to other professionals in the industry, it's, it's the lack of leadership, the lack of guidance, the, just the lack of information. And there's a lot of contradiction that we get in the media and from our policymakers. And so to be honest with you, it's just nice to have this little silver lining of guidance and communication, just something to follow and to guide us uh, in these dark days. Yeah, thank you both. And, you know, as you said, Amanda, you know, the work you're doing is definitely needed. And as you said, it's really fulfilling a, you know, kind of a, a hole in, in, as you said, within the media and everything that we're hearing. So it's really you know, bringing folks together and it's a really relevant and timely resource. Um, you know, so we're excited to have you here today. And, you know, it goes back to what you talked about earlier and that idea of empathy. I, I really think it is because I think as Pittsburghers, you know, we're a pretty tight knit community in Western Pennsylvania. And, you know, the fact that, you know, we come together and we collectively are doing the things that we need to do to ensure that we're all safe, we're all healthy. Um, you know, at the end, whenever that comes, you know, we, we get to the point where we're kind of past, you know, this pandemic, um, even though it'll be different, but we'll look back and, and I think the empathy and the efforts of all of us, such as yourself, uh, is what the memories are going to stand. So, so I want to thank you again for being here today. Thank and, you. Uh, we really appreciate everything that you're doing and look forward to hearing more success stories and maybe even having you back on in the future uh, as things continue to grow for you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.